You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. Yo, what's up? Hello, friends. Here we are. We are back. We're in the studio. You still have your headphones in. I know. I got I, I like it. <laughs> I don't need to hear you, bro. I need to show myself. That's fine. This yeah. is a... Uh, become more of a visual show than it has become an audio show now. <laughs> I, I got a fresh haircut for anybody who uh, who's watching. It looks real nice. Thank you for Carissa. It's back. It's back. It's back. We went we went long for a little bit, but now we're back to the <sighs> short. Stretch. Yeah. Have a real good day. Yeah, it's been a good time. Have a great day. Yep. Um, I was told I looked cool before the show. Uh, these people were just looking at me, and I was like, our friends. I was like, what? And they're like, I don't know. You just look cool. I thought, oh. So I decided, You're wearing sunglasses inside at night. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. It's a vibe. We're just starting the show off with a ton of vanity. It's, it's a it's vibe. Just vanity. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Churdley's for the last week, bro. <laughs> don't shout out Churdley's. I don't know why don't I've been so Churdley's. late. Don't shout out Churdley's. <laughs> <laughs> Has my life been changed? No. Probably not for the better. I mean, don't, neutral. Don't. No. Neutral. No. You don't know my life, bro. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want to pull up on here? Oh, yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Not on here the screen, on here our screen, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop being selfish. Straight so, up. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we're talking about a very interesting topic. Um, we're talking about the Bible and, like, why you should read it or if you need to read it. You went from looking... <laughs> Ian, <laughs> Ian just changed up his hat and his sunglasses. <laughs> he, went, he, went, he went from looking like he lived in L.A. <laughs> to living like a, he lives in a trailer park. <laughs> Real fast. <laughs> Really, and it's amazing with the. You need a couple more stains on your shirt, and you'd be an automotive like kind of guy. <laughs> well, I'm going back to being cool. Oh, what's up? I'm back. My name's E Breezy now. Refer to me only as E Breezy, and we can move on with the show. We're talking about why you need to know the Bible. Yeah, not necessarily. I'm in a real. Oh, that's later. We're talking about why you should read the Bible. <laughs> I'm in a real good mood. I'm in a real goofy mood today. So. Yeah. So today we're gonna start off right quick, and we're gonna talk <laughs> right quick, and we're gonna talk about. Do you need to read the Bible or why you need to read the Bible? Do you need to read the Bible to know God? What, how does the Bible play into the Christian's life? Like all of those kind of questions, right? So a lot of people think like the Bible is just an old book. Like why would I read it? And we're not necessarily going to talk about the historical validity um, or any of the evidence for why the Bible is legit and all that kind of stuff today. But more from a new Christian perspective or someone who hasn't read through the whole Bible. Like, why do I need to read the Bible? Like, can't I know God without the Bible? If I know the gist of the Bible already, why do I need to read through it? Like, questions like, if I've already read through the Bible, why do I need to read it again? Like, I don't read other books twice. Why would I need to read the Bible twice? Like, questions like this. Right, right, right. right. And then at the end, we'll just kind of have a, a dialogue, a conversation about, like, why like we each individually think we need to read the Bible. That yeah. Makes sense. You got any comments before we dive on in? Um, it's very bright without sunglasses, and I want to wear them the entire show because it's so bright. It'd be fine, right? But I don't know if I if I look like a tool. Maybe you'd be fine. You think I'm fine? You look like a tool for one episode. Oh, you think I'm fine? They'll kill you in the comments. Oh, you think I'm right. fine? <laughs> bro, I get killed in comments no matter what, bro. <laughs> My most recent one said, time travel's not possible. What? Regarding our soul sleep episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I did not reply. I was like, no. I, was obs- I want him to watch it. If you're watching, my friend, I, I love talking to you. Please reply to the comment <laughs> in the political show because I was the last person to comment and I'm waiting for you to say something. 
Ethan loves discussions. So I love it. Talking to people in the comments. And it's a good, it's a good cultural yeah. conversation. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. So the first question is, and we can talk about this. Can you know God without the Bible, right? Can is yes. God reveal himself? Can you know him in the way of knowing God that we have relationship with him without him revealing himself through the Bible? Right? No. The only way you can know the Bible or the God of <laughs> the, God. the world, the God of the world, is if you find a Bible and read it. Otherwise, you might as well give up on all your chances of knowing God. Rip. That's a joke. Uh, yeah, you can live. You can know God without reading the Bible. Yeah. You want to explain it a little bit? Yeah. Or your opinion? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I went to say yeah, and a cough came out of my mouth. Um, it's embarrassing. Um, yeah, so, well, all throughout humanity, there's been cases of God revealing himself to people yeah. um, in his sovereign plan. And we talked about that last week a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. Good thing we got water. Got the Rona, dude. Don't say that. <laughs> Put my mask on real quick. I got the wrong. I got the wrong. The water going down the wrong pipe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, in the Bible, we have cases with God revealing Himself to Abraham, and that was before our Bible was written. God mm-hmm. revealing Himself to Moses. God talking to David. Like mm-hmm. all these cases, and I've heard testimonies of people in the Muslim world who mm-hmm. have never known Christ as Messiah, and then God reveals Himself. Right. Yeah. And so, so there's different. Um, Different cases around the world, I'd say the very few and far between where God necessarily shows up and says who he is, mm-hmm. but it's always for the purpose of that person being saved for then saving others, mm-hmm. right? So in that regard, yeah, there's people who can know God without necessarily the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then, Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, um, but I think I'd ask you first like to narrow down like what you said a little bit more. Like in less individualistic cases, do you believe God has revealed himself mm. um, in massive ways besides just, like, the context of the Bible, yeah. right? Yeah. So say the Bible didn't exist. Can we still know who God is? Yeah, there's the – well, yeah, there's one regard of creation. Mm-hmm. Like, Mo, uh, Romans 1 talks about how creation has revealed God. Yeah. Um, there's – this is a big theological term uh, – ontological reasoning. Yes. That just means, um, like, basic non – not nature regarding, but more mm-hmm. thought and reason and intellect. Mm-hmm. Um, you can narrow down, you can like logically conclude that a God exists based off a number of the different cases. Discussion. The ontological debate, yeah. that's a yeah. fun word. Um, and then also, in regards to that, I, I believe the fact that humans know morality mm-hmm. testifies that there's someone who gave that morality. Yeah. Right? Intrinsic morality, like we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for everybody listening, for context for that Romans verse... Um, it's Romans one twenty, and it says, For his invisible attributes, um, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, um, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through um, what has been made. As a result, people are without excuse. Right? So yeah. his without divine nature. Excuse. Yeah. People and are without excuse because he's been revealed through nature. Uh-huh. Right. And I don't want to sound like too much of a scholar, but like I just spent like my whole week in Romans this last BCC week. So like... I'm super knowledgeable in everything Paul said in that, and I know every answer to every question. So that just says sarcasm. everyone, every, yeah, yeah, satire, sarcasm. satire, yeah, sarcasm, sarcasm. <laughs> just so we're yeah. clear. Um, but yeah, so that's like super fresh in my mind. Like hmm. it says every, everyone's without excuse, hmm. right? And the audience he was writing to was, well, Jews and Gentiles who were now Christians. And he's like, right. look, all of you know God exists. Right. You've all just read like, the Torah and all these kind of things. Yeah. And then for the Gentiles, he's like, even you, like, look, look at nature. You know? Yeah. And so I think it's a big point to make that no one's without excuse. Yeah. 
Right. And then another uh, case for that is that God has revealed himself through his spirit as well, right? Yeah. Like, God has brought his spirit into the world after Christ came. God, one, revealed himself through Christ, which we have written about in the Bible. And then also, the spirit came afterwards when Christ said, the spirit will come. It's better that I go, that he comes, because he'll be your helper, right? Mm -hmm. And so, in 1 Corinthians 2, 10, it says, Now God has revealed these things to us by the spirit, since the spirit searches everything, even to the depths of God. Right, so the yeah. spirit also is another thing that reveals God. So we can tell there's different reasons uh, that God has given us to believe in Him, and different ways He's revealed Himself. Like you said, He's given us ontological reasons. He's given us intrinsic morality as a reason. Yeah. He's revealed Himself through His Spirit, through nature. Mm -hmm. Right, there are many ways God has revealed Himself besides the Bible. So, as an answer to that question, yes, you could know God without having the Bible necessarily. Right, but yeah. that doesn't mean that you should just use those other methods um, to know God besides the Bible, right? That's not an excuse to not read yeah. the Bible. I just, had a, I, mean? I just had a good thought um, pertaining yeah. to something we'll get to later. So it just popped in my head. I just want to say that out loud so you can ask me later and I'll <laughs> share it. Okay. It's a good point. Okay. I just brought it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to look up the scripture in the meantime. What's the next point? Okay. So the <laughs> next question um, that we talked about a little bit is um, why do I need to read the Bible if I know the gist? Right? Like, yeah. if I've been to church my whole life, and I've really read the Bible, but the pastor always read it on Sundays, um, like, he's always pre preached sermons on it, mm -hmm. I kind of know what it says, and, like, the gist of it through all the sermons I've listened to, right? Like, I know what the, what the Bible says about Christ, about that I'm a sinner, and I need salvation, mm -hmm. and I've, I've repented of my sins, I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and I prayed the prayer, and I worship, and I even have, like, a, a relationship with God, right? Yeah. Like, you, you're a Christian, you're saved, um, like, why do I need to read the Bible if I already know the gist? You know what I mean? What would you say to someone who, like, thinks, like, they know the gist of the Bible, right. but, like, hasn't read the whole thing? Um, like, why do they need to read the whole thing if they already are saved? They got the good stuff, you know what I mean? Right. Um, well, I would, first and foremost, I would say, you're a Christian, right? And mm -hmm. they said, yeah. I'd be like, okay, well, Jesus commands that you study the, or mm -hmm. obey God. At least, Jesus commands you obey God. And the laws for knowing how to obey God are in the Bible, mm -hmm. Right. So there's an aspect of like, well, if you're a Christian, you're going to say you're a Christian, and you're supposed to obey God because Jesus says mm -hmm. that if you love me, obey my commands. If that's the case, then you should know his commands. Yeah. And his commands are found in the Bible. Yeah. So if you love him, you want to obey him, well, his, uh, knowing how to obey him is found in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. I would say as on a more broader scale, um, the Bible is much less about the afterlife than it is about this life, yeah. right? The Bible is over and over and over again about how do we live this life? How do we treat the people around us? How do we use our actions? How do we control ourselves? How do we deny ourselves? Over and over and over. And very, very, very little talks about the consequence of the afterlife. You know right. I mean? Yeah, it's a very... And the whole Bible, as, as an overview, as a, as a little preview for what we're going to get into in a later episode, um, is just like a blueprint for... Well, when it's a... It's an account of how God's de dealt with man throughout mm -hmm. the ages. But it's also now a blueprint for us to have to learn how to live a life that's honoring to God. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because the, the thinking would go, if you weren't honoring God before you were saved, which you weren't because you weren't saved, <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> then it stands to reason that once you get saved, that doesn't mean everything you do now is automatically um, honoring just mm -hmm. because you're now saved. Yeah. Because that would mean that nothing you do is sin. Yeah. Right? And so then it says, okay, well, 
now you're a Christian, now you, your heart's desire should be to honor God. Mm-hmm. You need to unlearn a lot of the things that the world has programmed you to think and your upbringing has conditioned you to think. And the Bible is a means by which you can reprogram your mind. Yeah. You know, and, um, and the reason people might say like, oh, like, can I just figure out like, I follow what I think is good or like, I think I'm a good person. I think this is what's good to do, so I'm going to do it. If God has put intrinsic morality in me, then why do I need the Bible? It's right. Already inside of me. Right. And I would say, um, I would call back to what Jeremiah 17, 9 says, and this is why you need to read the Bible so you know stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the ESV. Um, and so if that's the case, then it's kind of like, Jesus saved you, so he like took care of the infection that was in that sickness of the heart. Mm-hmm. But now the Bible is like the medicine you take to continue that healing process. Yeah, in a, in a sense, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. so you didn't necessarily know how to honor God before you were saved, and once mm-hmm. you're saved, you need to learn how to do that. And the Bible shows us how to do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to read the whole thing because there's so much more that God wants to instruct us in. Our hearts are deceitful, and we can't just trust on like how the world has changed our sense of morality. We need to look to the Bible for the absolute standard of what absolute morality is, not what like our hearts tell us. Which is why we need to continue to read the Bible, mm-hmm. um, and we need to not just like kind of know the gist of it, but we need to study it, right? Right, and and continue if I can just a little bit. Uh, where is it? It's in Romans 12. Preach, brother. Romans 12. Um, I'm looking for the verse exactly right now, but I don't want to take too much time. Um, it says to renew your mind. Yeah, okay, Romans mm-hmm. 12, too. There it is. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, mm-hmm. that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm-hmm. So there you go again. Like The Bible is a means by which the Christian can renew their mind yeah. from the things they've been trained in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. super good. All right, so the next... The next like step question is, if I've read the Bible all the way through once, mm-hmm. you know, I've read the whole thing. Why would I want to read it again? Like, yes. I've already read it. I already like gained the information, the knowledge. You know, I don't read other books twice unless they're like really, really, really good. Like, why do I need to continue to read it again? I already know the story. You know what I mean? You just said it. What? Unless it's really, 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 really good. But then maybe I read it like twice right. or three times. Um, like, and it, and it's it. not like an easy task to read the Bible all the way through. Yeah, it's you know? hard. No, like intellectual or like thinking about it, like logically you're like oh, it wouldn't be too hard dedicate an hour a day you could probably get through it in 72 days because it's like 72 hours to read the bible mm-hmm. but then it's like because it's as hard in the area that you get to like the old testament there's a lot of background of the old testament that's not known in today's culture mm-hmm. and so if you're having a hard time making it through the the old testament trudging through the old testament once you get to the new testament it's, it's going to take a long time to get to mm-hmm. the new testament but once you do it it's a lot better but yeah i would say um wait what was the question again Oh, why would I... <laughs> Got on a rant. You want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so <laughs> why would you want to read the Bible again if you've already read through it once? Like, what's the point? Why right. would I want to read it through it twice? Or three times? Um, because there's things you missed the first time around. Definitely. That you need to go back and find out. Mm-hmm. I would say also, if you read the Bible one time through or two times through and, you, and you're not, like, in love with it, I'd be shocked, really. Like... Mm-hmm. Because if once you, because the whole Bible is a story, right? You don't so, understand it, though. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, if once you read it in a way that you understand it, and like starting with Genesis and making your way through mm-hmm. um, chronological, or not chronologically, yeah, mm-hmm. chronologically for the timeline, all the way through from end to end, mm-hmm. like there's things that are said in the Old Testament that you may remember from like, or the New Testament that you may remember from the Old Testament, where, yeah. where like, like Jesus says, 
Like, you've heard it said, do this, but I say this. And you're like, oh, he's talking about all the way back, like, a couple thousand years ago. And, like, it's still, it's, like, everything. So relevant, yeah. All the cross connections. Like, when I was reading the Bible all the way through for, like, one of the first times, I got to the New Testament, and I was like, oh, that's what that means? That's not what I was ever taught. I didn't know that. Yeah. Or, like, when Jesus says stuff like, I am the living water, come find me. Mm-hmm. He's calling back to, like, their old festivals and holidays that God gave them that mm-hmm. were about, like, finding water. He says, I'm living water. And you realize, like, what he means is, like, yeah. He's a life-giving water as opposed to stagnant that stays yeah. still. And it's like getting – understanding the Bible and then it like really helps you fall in love with reading it because then you get all the, the, the little niche things that are in there. Yeah, yeah. And I also say – I would also say that the, the Bible is God revealing himself to us, right? Yeah. Hebrews, um, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active. Um, and sharper than any double-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. Penetrating as far as um, the separation of the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Yeah. Right? So, so good. it's obviously an active and living thing, not something that's dead and just a story that you're going to read once and you've, mm-hmm. you've gained all the information. Because right. there's so many people that aren't Christians that are interested in the Bible and have read it all the way through and don't believe in God, Right. One, yeah. I think you need the spirit to read the Bible, and then that makes the Bible living and active. The word of God is living and active to you. And so as you're reading it, it starts to apply to your life, and it starts to convict you, and it starts to change you. And every time you read it, yes. it the Lord, like the Holy Spirit, convicts you in different areas. Like as you grow and as you're going to be um, like open and susceptible to the Lord speaking to you and him convicting you in different areas of your life. Like say the Lord wants to work on like my pride. And, like, I'm reading the Bible, and it gets to a verse where, like, someone struggled with pride, and they fell because of it. And I get convicted about it. And I'm like, oh, like, the Lord convicts me of my pride, and then I become less prideful. And then the next time, the next day I'm reading, and because I have less pride that day, he can convict me on something else. That yeah. beforehand, if I had had that pride, I'd be like, I don't struggle with that. You know right, what I mean? Right, I don't right. need to work on this. But now that I have less pride, because the Lord has worked on me, the next time I read it, it hits me in a whole different way. Because right. I'm farther along in my sanctification process. Right. And, and the con- convicting for uh, maybe anyone who doesn't know, it means like correcting in love, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, something God, when you're reading something and you're confronted, like, Ooh, that doesn't feel good inside. Cause it's calling me out. Like you said, for pride. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then it's like, that's good because that's God conforming us to his image and making yeah. us like Jesus, which is awesome. Um, so that just means uh, God correcting in love to make you more godly, which is what you want as a Christian. Um, recently I was convicted on, I was reading through, yeah, it was Romans and he's like, He's like, so those who are stronger in faith are obligated to serve those who are weaker. I got, like, so convicted about, like, like for instance, swearing. I don't necessarily think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. I don't think but, it's a sin, but we'll talk about it later. Right. Yeah. And, but, like, just for the sake of, like, the example of conviction, like, I read that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I know people who think it's a sin. Mm. So I should make sure and go out of my way that I don't do that. Yeah. And but, I was like, oh. Yeah. For the sake of other people, right? Yeah, and I don't. It's not like a problem for me. It's not like I'm walking around saying the f word every day, right? You know, it's not like a. And you have to define percent. what swearing means and stuff because if you're talking right. about just swearing, it technically is a sin because the Bible's not to swear anything. That's like anything. promising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but like when you use semantics. the word swear, yeah, semantics. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just clarifying, for right? So when I curse, right? And I know people don't like cursing, or I know. Do certain... you use uh, societally bad language? Okay, because curse yeah, also yeah, could be bad. Also oh my gosh, <laughs> societally bad language. Yeah, so. Yeah coarse language that people don't like yeah yeah. you know that's something that i'd have to be like okay because even if like it doesn't matter where like what i think if this person says hey i'm not comfortable with that out of love i go okay i'm not gonna do it yeah you know and i was so convicted i was like i don't know how often i operate out of that love Mm -hmm. and i was like all right time to time to change praise god yeah 
So the Bible continues to edify and sharpen you as you continue to read it, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's 100%. like it's like a grinding wheel that like as you continue to put yourself to it, it continues to sharpen you over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my last points I want to talk about, and then we can get into more, like, more of a discussion about it, yeah. is um, I think like what we're talking about of sanctification um, is so beautifully portrayed in like David and um, even his son in Proverbs, right? Right. And, and real quick, just sanctification is like being transformed to look like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So make sure we define all the Yeah, terms. it's so beautiful. Like the more you read the Bible and the more God convicts you, and the more he shows you his love, and the more you understand who he is, because he's revealed through his word mm-hmm. um, in some of the most vivid detail, right? Um, the more you fall in love with him, and the more you fall in love with um, like who he is and who the and what the Bible is, right? And I think David like says it really well. He says in Psalms one nineteen eleven, "I have treasured your word in my heart, so that I may not sin against you." Right? Like he he takes the Torah. He yeah. takes the word of God and puts it in his heart because that's the story of how God is faithful to him and his people, right? And he remembers those stories yeah. and he's put them in his heart so that he always knows God is faithful. So when he's going through the hard times and when he's like tempted by sin or all of these things, like he may fall, but he can remember the stories of God and how faithful he was, even his children who fell. And he can, he can still remember God's faithfulness. Right. You know? And through every hard time, he can always remember that those words are written on his heart, and it can always sharpen him over and over and yeah. over. I think it's beautiful. Like, David has so many verses about how he writes the Lord's precepts, his words, his commands on his heart. He, he dedicates them to memory so that he can always remember them and can guide his path. And then his son in, uh, in Proverbs, Proverbs 7.3 says, uh, Tie them to your fingers. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Right? So the commands of God. You want to get a little tattoo pen, <laughs> stick and poke, and you just... Put that baby right on there. Bible. <laughs> Bible. It's done. I got it. Tattooed on the heart. Next. <laughs> Next preposition. Um, and so you write them on your heart, right? Yeah. Like you, you put those to memory and you remember and, or sorry, and it guides you how to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. And what's really cool, I think we, I don't remember necessarily if you said this explicitly, but I think we're like running and getting to that point and going around it is that as much as like Nate, God is revealed in nature and morality and ontologically, like God is revealed probably, no, not probably, definitely like at 10x in the Bible because the whole Bible mm-hmm. is a story of how God has dealt with humanity. Yeah. So if you were like, who is God? Who is the God of the Bible? How do I know him? Mm-hmm. You don't have to question that. You just have to pick up the Bible and read and see what he says about himself, yeah, right? Absolutely. See how he's dealt with humanity. See how he's been patient for people. And it says that he, his mercies are new every day and he's a God of compassion and he's a yeah. God of, of love and, and he's light and he's pure and it's like, Man, like, the the Bible is how you know God. Mm-hmm. And in Hebrews chapter 1, yeah. the very, like, first verse, I think it says, um, it says, formerly the things of God were revealed through the prophets, but now they've been revealed in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ, his story is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's that, that All those are four mm-hmm. different accounts of his life. And so the Bible reveals the God that you claim to love. And so if you love him, you need to read this thing because it helps you know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think as you ask the Spirit to read the Bible with you and to, to help show you um, how to live your life, it becomes less of a, how do I understand this and how do I like gain more knowledge from this, even though that is very good and we should continue to do that. But it becomes more of like like uh, the same heart David has of he's longing to like 
put these things to memory. He's longing to get in the Word, and he's longing to know more of who God is because you fall in love with God the more and more you know his character. And one of the main ways you can know his character, besides all the ways you already talked about, is through the Word of God. Yeah. It's, it's literally the Word of God himself made like known to us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I have a lot of thoughts on like Western Christians in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've he- We hear stories of how like Christians in China who have like one page of the Bible and they'll like rip it up into little parts and give it to each congregate member so they can have like just like a little portion of scripture to read, even just a few words. And they like weep over the Bible and like, like we're so fortunate to have it. I think because we're so fortunate to have it, we're saturated with freedom in America that it becomes like less valuable in that sense where it's like, Oh, I know it's always going to be there. I can get it later. It's like, Oh, but like, man, but God wants to show himself to you through the text. Yeah. You know, and it's not always the most fun thing to do. But it takes – that's what that's where discipline comes in. You know, yeah. basic Christian discipline is reading the Bible on a normal basis. Yeah. I would recommend daily, but it could be weekly. It could be every other day. Mm. You know, eventually it should go to daily. I heard uh, John Piper, great pastor, um, he said, if you have bre- time for breakfast in the morning, you have time to read your Bible. Mm-hmm. He said, you can give up breakfast every morning and just read your Bible, mm-hmm. and God will help you. And I was like – I was so convicted. I was like – Bro, don't do that because I always <laughs> think, but I need my breakfast because I need strength for the day. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like neglect it sometimes. Not recently because mm-hmm. I've been in BCC, but in times past, I've been like, oh, I'll get to it later. And then it'll be like a week. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that's not, so you don't, it's not like a, you better get it right or, or, or else. But right. it's like, man, if we love God, our mm-hmm. lives should reflect that. Yeah. And, and that looks like spiritual discipline, which looks like reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of in conclusion, it is important to read the Bible. It's important to not just know the gist of it, not just read it through once, but to read it through over and over and let the Holy Spirit interpret it for you and show you who he is and that God would show you through who he is through his revelation of the scriptures, right? Yeah. It is so important that God makes himself, um, like it is so important that God did reveal himself through the word of God, right? If it wasn't important, God wouldn't have done it. It's important because God did it, right? Yeah, that yeah. makes, that makes pretty, sense. Pretty uh, circular <laughs> logic there, yeah. but it makes sense, right? Yeah. So it's, a, it's an important thing to do. Very important, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then next week we'll be talking about how to read the Bible, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So come back next week. We're going to be talking about how to read the Bible. We talked about why. It's important to know why. Yeah. And next we're going to talk to you about how to do it and how to get the most out of it. Yeah, maybe one of the most important episodes we've ever done, even for people who've read the Bible multiple, multiple times, like it is so imperative that like maybe you know most things we're going to talk about, but maybe you pick up like one thing that you didn't know, right? It's it's so important. It can change like the rest of your life for how you read the Bible, um, and it's changed our lives for like the oh, ways that, that we've changed uh, reading the, how we read the Bible. So check it out next week. Yee. Yee. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support. We have a Patreon. You can support us with, through Anchor as well. We're on every platform. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on Apple. We're on all the things. We have an Instagram. We got a big following on there. <laughs> we post stuff all the time. We post polls. We post stories. We do it. We post clips. We do all the kind Bring of stuff. Bring it. Keep going. Yeah, we're we got start, a Facebook. We're not running ads. And we got Facebook. We got <laughs> we got stickers. <laughs> we got stickers. We even got a Twitter. No one follows us. We follow us on Twitter. We post on there just as much as Instagram. So come check us out. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your youth group friends. Tell everybody and spread the word. We want people to be biblically literate. We want people to know God. We want people's hard questions to be answered. Come on, keep going. 
How much we got? No, I'm good. <laughs> no, <laughs> We're, all right. good. I'm We're good. Cut the beat. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Adios.